ahead and take your Bibles at this time. We will be in Nehemiah chapter 6, continuing our way through the book of Nehemiah. This chapter, there's some very interesting things we're going to see. Uh, This is not a uh, deep doctrinal chapter at all. Uh, We're looking at a historical chapter of the Bible, just explaining the events, some of the uh, opposition that Israel faced as they were doing the work of the Lord, as they are, uh, the temple has been rebuilt, but the city just kind of still was lying waste. Uh, the walls had breaches in them. They were a mess and it was causing them to be a reproach. And so they're building the walls. And as we've been seeing, uh, Israel has enemies that don't want to see good things happening. They're just because they're evil people. And we will see that it's interesting as we watch the method that these people used to try to stop them. Because remember, while these people hated Israel, Israel had the backing of Cyrus, which was the uh, basically the king of the world at that time. And so, uh, while these people, if they could have, they would have physically went after Israel, they, uh, they weren't really able to. And we need to understand that too, that a lot of the persecution, the types of persecution we face in America today is very similar. We have a government that protects us to a certain extent where uh, people who don't like what we teach, they're not going to get away with just physically coming in here and and attacking us. And so we're pretty safe as far as that goes. I mean, obviously there's always the chance of some psycho nut job doing that. But um, while we do have communities of people who despise us, physically they know that they're kind of restrained from the government. And so... They have to be a little more creative. And so what we see here, because that was the situation in this day, we see that the methods that these people used are basically identical to the methods people use to attack churches in America today. And it's just a reminder, there is no new thing under the sun. All we have are new technologies and new tools to do the same sins with, basically. But sin... Is just always been the same. So let's go ahead and go through this chapter and uh, we'll see some interesting things. But we've already seen Israel is getting their act together. Not only are they working together as a people, which is really good, but they're accomplishing a lot. The work's getting done. Uh, and also, this is probably the most important thing too, we saw from the previous chapters, they're removing sin from the land. You know, they are trying to get their act together. They're trying to please God. And let me tell you, any time an individual, any time a church, any time a nation tries to start removing sin from their life, Satan's going to throw a fit. For sure, he's always going to throw a fit. And that's exactly what's going on here. And so it says, Now it came to pass when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time... I had not set up the doors upon the gates. And when I read that verse, if I was, if I was like a lot of Baptists, I could get real political and I could talk about the wall on the southern border. Amen. We need to make sure there's no breaches in that. Amen. And you know, and that we're not going to preach about that today. But uh, yeah, they Nehemiah he succeeded. This wasn't a Trump wall that was partial. Okay, this was a completed wall. There were no breaches left in the wall. That's a good thing. And so this upset the people because. They see Jerusalem's vulnerability going away. You know, they're waiting for their time. While politics were on their side at that time, on Israel's side, 
you know, they knew if things changed, we'd like to be able to go after these people and stop these people. But now that Israel is succeeding in building these walls, they're seeing that vulnerability go away and they don't like this because they, they hated Israel. And so it's, um, these men, what they're about to do, because they are afraid of Cyrus, they're afraid of the government, they go on a mission of distraction. They cannot legally do anything to them physically. So they try to, they try to distract, discourage, divide, and falsely accuse. And this is exactly what we deal with today. I mean, big time, we deal with this kind of thing. The same people, right? there, there's one individual online who I've watched him post multiple things creaming DeSantis for censoring pornographic books in libraries. And not just pornographic books, but ones, pornographic books geared towards children. And you've got these atheist people like critical of DeSantis for that, while at the same time, actively trying to get churches like ours censored from social media. You know what we call these people where I come from? Hypocrites. They are, they are hypocrites that are like that. And they can't, they can't legally, they can't legally do, or they can't physically do anything to us. They can't legally do anything. So they go on these missions of distraction. So we are thankfully, and, and false accusations too, always hoping to maybe rile up a mob. Always hoping maybe they can rile up the certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Okay? And atheists who hate God, who are just in a, an anti-God religion, atheists are always the biggest supporters of the certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, the LGBT crowd, and they're always riling them up because these are very base, animalistic people that will you know, just get riled up and then do the bidding of these other people. And they're always hoping they get them angry enough to just go and I think they want them to physically do something. But at the same time, it's hard because th- thankfully we do still have some protection in our country. And we have free speech, kind of, you know, uh, religious beliefs aren't supposed to be stopped. And they are. While people are convinced that we're promoting violence, causing violence, even though not only have they never heard anything violent, any kind of promotion of violence ever come from this pulpit, but there's no evidence that any churches like ours have ever even caused violence of any kind it's just it's just non-existent but at the same time if they say it enough some people believe it and you know and there are there's a lot of uh people who are just foolish believe whatever they hear but these are distractions because they can't do anything physically so in verse two it says that sam valent and gisham sent unto me saying come let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of ono but they thought to do me mischief and I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? So Nehemiah, he didn't fall for the distraction and the trap. These people wanted to hurt him. They wanted to try to uh, commit a crime against him. And so they're trying to get him to leave the work. And you know what? He just didn't fall for it. He didn't necessarily just flat out call them out on their lie. But what he, you know, he just basically said, hey, I'm too busy. I've got a great work going on. I'm not going to stop this great work so I can come and answer your questions or whatever. And so three times, it says, and yea, they sent it to me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. And let me tell you something about trolls. They don't like being ignored. They don't like being ignored. 
and that it upsets them very much. Uh, one of the greatest joys of a troll is when they hear their names mentioned uh, in by people that they are trolling because that tells them they're just trying to get in your head. And when they succeed in getting in your head, it does. It brings them, it brings them great joy. And so uh, Nehemiah, he's wiser than that. He's just ignoring these people, which at the same time too, when you ignore these people, they are going to just get crazier. Okay, that's that's what they end up doing. But again, let them get crazy and let them destroy themselves. And so it says, then then sent Samballot his servant unto me, in the like manner, the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king, according to these words. And so notice what they said. It is reported among the heathen. Okay? It is reported among the heathen. This is what people are saying about you guys. Now, was there any facts in what they're saying? Absolutely not. But it's reported commonly among the heathen. And let me tell you, just because large numbers of people say something, it doesn't mean it's true. You know one thing we've heard against our church? It's reported amongst the Southern Poverty Law Center that you're a hate group. Okay. You might as well just be saying it is reported commonly among the heathen. I mean, of course, a lying Antichrist hate group like the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they are a hate group. Liberty Baptist Church has declared the Southern Poverty Law Center a hate group. So they are a hate group. If we're a hate group, they're a hate group. Because, you know, you can't just go throwing these labels. It's got to fit some kind of definition. You know, it's got to actually make sense. And to call a church like ours a hate group is one of the most ridiculous things in the world. But people will say it's reported commonly. We even had a public school teacher here in town who teaching about the Holocaust talked about yours truly. I don't know how I made Holocaust history. I wasn't even alive when all that happened. Okay? But somehow I'm, I'm being taught about and, and, and you know, and what she was saying is that according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which she felt that because of that, that, you know, it was a safe thing for her to say. Well, it ended up backfiring on her because there was someone in the classroom uh, that had gone to church here and uh, and she told her dad about it. He didn't appreciate it. He gave her uh, the teacher and the principal an earful. I gave the principal an earful principal gave her an earful, you know, and, uh, you know, so, so at the same time, it kind of backfired on her because it's just, it's not, it's not factually true. And I remember I, I asked that principal, I was like, I said, listen, I don't care what it says on the Southern Poverty Law Center. Isn't that teacher supposed to be teaching Holocaust history? So do you do realize I wasn't even alive when that happened? So how am I making it? How am I a subject in a history class? You know, and of course he's apologizing and apologizing and all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm pretty sure I knocked on her door. I'm pretty sure I knocked on her door a few months ago because this lady, she was a stereotypical, uh, just public school teacher, and um, and uh, she, I, met, I invited her to church. She was like, oh, she's like, she's like, I'm not going to that church. That church hates the Jews. And I was just like, I said, what? I said, our church doesn't hate the Jews. And she's like, oh. And she looked at the track. She's like, I think I was thinking of Freedom Baptist Church. And I was like, well, we're Liberty Baptist Church. I was like, but we don't hate the Jews. She was like all confused because she believes what she hears from Southern. I, you know, I, and you know what I told her? 
I said, we just had a soul winning marathon in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. Because I said, we love the Jews. Okay? But in libtard land, you know, if you are not supportive of everyone's delusions, false religions, and sin, then you are a hater. But that just doesn't fit any kind of uh, real definition of hate. But again, they just accuse you of these things. And they, and they just get, they get away with it. And, uh, but anyway, that's what they were doing here. They're saying it's reported among the heathen. We don't have any evidence that you guys are planning some kind of rebellion against the king, but let's just put out, let's just spread the rumor out there. You know, let's do like the news headlines do all the time where, you know, that they'll say, uh, you know, they'll, they'll put up a headline where it makes some crazy statement, you know, Donald Trump, you know, busted for a lying question mark. You know, they put that little question mark on there just because, so we're not saying that he did, but did he, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, did, you know, you know, it'd be like me if I just put it out there, you know, you know, did brother Aaron, you know, run over a kid this week, you know, while he was out driving. Okay. Now I'm not saying he did, but even just asking the question, you know what it does makes everybody wonder, did brother Aaron run over a little kid this week? But you you realize how dishonest of a question that is, and especially too, if you put it in print on a newspaper, Hey, we're not saying he did it, so he can't sue me for libel. I put a question mark at the end of it. But we're just going to put these thoughts in people's heads. If we can just get people thinking negative about them, then they feel like this will disrupt whatever they're trying to accomplish. And that's what people want to do too. That's why they put the things out there about our church. They're hoping people will hear it. They're hoping they won't pay attention. They'll, they'll just they hear that negative thing and won't look into it. And then it'll just kind of steer them away from here. That's the method that people have always used. And so, verse 7 says, as it's continuing these accusations, And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king, according to these words, Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. So, they're accusing him, Hey, we heard your prophets are saying there's a king. They never said that. The prophets never said that. Now, Haggai and Zechariah, they did do some prophecies, messianic prophecies about one that was going to come. But nobody had said that there was a king in Jerusalem during that time. We prophesy how one day that Jesus Christ is going to come and He's going to rule this earth with a rod of iron and how we are going to rule and reign with Him. We talk about those things right now, but are we trying to you know, get a rebellion going against the government? No. Should we? That's another subject for another day, but we're not, you know, we're not trying to do that right now. And so it says, then I sent unto him saying, there are no such things done as thou sayest, but watch this, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. You're making these things up. This is what's in your heart. This isn't what's in our heart. And you know what he's saying? When thou feignest them out of thine own heart, you know what we call that today when people, what do we call it today when people just start accusing you of all kinds of crazy things, but yet it's like, okay, you know, you think I'm doing that because that's what you would do in that situation. What do we call that? Projecting. That's basically what he's saying right here. You're projecting. That's not how, they, that's not a term they use or how they explain that back then, but that's exactly what's going on. And that happens a lot. There are, uh, whenever you hear a preacher accuse another, you know, another preacher sometimes, 
And he's like, he's just going after people's money. He's just trying to get a following for himself. He just wants popularity. That's, that's his motivation. That's his motivation. That's what's in his heart. They assume the same things that are in their heart are in everyone else's hearts. And so these people who are always just assuming the worst about everybody understand they are always the worst kind of people. And they do it. They come into a church and they are always assuming the worst about everybody. Just make a mental note. This is the worst kind of person. The one who assumes the best, they typically, they project themselves on other people too. Oh, I don't think they meant anything by it. Sometimes people say things that, you know, have questionable uh, meanings. And those who are evil in their heart assume the worst. Those who are decent in their heart, they assume the best. And it's amazing how much we hold other people accountable for our own wickedness that's in our own heart. And that's a shame. And you shouldn't be that way. And if you are, if you're always thinking negative of everyone, if you're always assuming the worst of everyone, you better check yourself. You're feigning these things out of your own heart. And so, it says, For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Okay? The whole point of this smear campaign, this is the smear campaign that's going on. We can't stop these people, so let's weaken their hands. Let's discourage them. Let's get people's attitudes negative towards these people so we can weaken their hands. We can't stop them, but we can weaken them. And that's the goal of smear campaigns. We see that in politics. Okay, We're, we're, we're going into an election year. And you know what? I'm just to the point, I don't believe anything. Say, so what do you think about all this stuff with Hunter Biden? Of course I think it's, he's guilty. Why? He's a Biden and I'm against Biden. But at the same time too, well, what do you think about all this stuff again about Trump? Okay? Hey, listen, I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Listen, if they, if they go and they put out a report tomorrow that, you know, Trump slaughtered a nursing home, even if it was true, I don't know if I believe them because they lie so much. There's such an agenda. And here's the thing. If Trump did go and like blow up an orphanage or something like that, guess what? Fox News is going to be on his side. CNN's going to be against him. And if on the same day, Biden blew up another, uh, you know, orphanage, CNN would protect him and Fox News would be creaming him. You know, we can't trust the news media. Isn't it a shame? You know, we're always hearing about, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever you hear about these lawsuits. Are these lawsuits, are, are all these things, are they going to affect Trump negatively? I don't think so. You know why? Because we don't trust our justice system anymore. If the attorney general comes out and, and says he did this, nobody trusts our legal system. We've, we've lost trust in these things. And it is, it's, it's very discouraging. And at the end of the day, these people aren't looking for justice. You know what they're doing? They're, lo they're looking to weaken the hands of someone. So lies about you, it can be scary because it can cause danger for you if people are thinking the wrong thing about you. Listen, I am an extremely nice individual. I am not violent. I'm, I mean, I'm 43 years old and I've never hurt anybody. And so I, I'm, I'm the furthest thing from violent, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you worry that if the wrong person listens to the wrong person, somebody might think they're doing the world a service by, by hurting somebody like, like me. And understand, in, in the Bible, whenever we see God's people being attacked, I guarantee you there were people who thought they were doing the right thing when they were attacking him. When Paul got beat up 
you know, because they thought he brought a Gentile into the temple. I'm sure some of those people beating him up thought, man, you know, we're, we're just, we're being zealous for God. We're being zealous for the things of the temple. We're being zealous for the law. And that's exactly what they were, but they were wrong. Not only had Paul not done any of these things, but it wouldn't have even been a problem if he had. And so it's important that we, you know, uh, you know, just because somebody's lying, you know, you do got to be careful. You got to protect yourself and because we don't want to get hurt by some nut job. And so it says, afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabiel, who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night they will come to slay thee. And I said, should such man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. So Nehemiah, he's being encouraged. Hey, you better hide. You better stay within the walls of the, of the temple. If you go outside, these people are going to try to kill you. You should probably hide in the temple and shut the doors, which would have been dishonorable to the temple. And what's interesting about that, while Nehemiah is saying, I'm not hiding myself in the temple. I don't have a right to do that. It would be wrong to do that. Did you know that in 70 AD, before the temple was destroyed, that's what a bunch of the Jews did. They went and they hid inside the temple. And did you also know too, and this is just a reminder too, God wanted the temple destroyed. Baptists again, Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. Jesus, Jesus did not celebrate Hanukkah. Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication, which the Feast of Dedication was a thing that was started in the Maccabees. But at the same time, it doesn't even resemble the Hanukkah celebration today. And how do you celebrate the dedicating of a temple that has been destroyed? Do you know what the Jews did when the temple was originally destroyed? They had a time every year of weeping and fasting. That's what they would do. And so now... And, and, but then, after the temple was rebuilt, they, uh, they asked the prophet if we could stop doing that. And, they, and the prophet said, yes, if you learned your lesson, you can stop doing that. And then they had the Feast of Dedication. Which would you rather have? A Feast of Dedication where you celebrate or a time of weeping and fasting? Okay? But guess what? That temple that got rededicated got destroyed again. And so you know what they should be doing during this time of year? They should be weeping and fasting. Well, we're all eating and celebrating because the new and better temple came. They ought to be starving themselves and crying. Actually, what they really should just do is get saved and then join us in our Christmas ham. Amen? And we welcome Jews to do that. Uh, if they will believe on Christ, they can come eat ham with us. But uh, at the same time, I forgot where I was even going with that. But yeah, so the, so the thing is, when Jerusalem was being surrounded, they had orders not to destroy the temple. They did, you know, they, while they wanted to stop the rebellion that was going on, they had no interest in destroying the temple. But it was such a nasty, hard-fought battle, and because there were so many Jews that were held up inside the temple, you know, one of the Roman soldiers, he just got angry, and then they went and they started burning it down, and they burned it down, and those people died in the temple. The temple was the temple was destroyed. It was wrong for them. It was wrong for them to do that under the law. Okay, under the law. And so, but these people too, they had rejected their Messiah and were trying to obtain righteousness through the law. And so going into a temple like that, it was wrong and they died in it. 
Nehemiah did the right thing. And he's like, no, first off, I'm not even going to hide from these people. But second off, I'm not going into the temple to do it. He wasn't going to be disrespectful to the house of God. And, you know, thank God he had that attitude, unlike the later generation. And so, uh, either way, uh, so verse 11, or, uh, you know, this prophecy that they had, either way, while they prophesied negatively against them, it was a lie. Because notice in verse 10, uh, or I'm sorry, verse, uh, well, look at verse 12. It says, And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired them. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin, and that they might have matter of an evil report that they might reproach me. You know what? You never have to fear the prophecy of hirelings. You know whose prophecies I'm not afraid of? Kenneth Copeland's. You know, you know, got people like him. I'm not afraid of their prophecies. These people are hirelings, and so they're trying to they're trying to scare Nehemiah with the prophet. But they paid this guy off. Hey, you go prophesy this. Now, here's what's interesting too. Remember Balaam? Okay, Balak. He hires Balaam to prophesy against Israel. Balaam can't do it. Balaam was not able to curse the people of God. So what did Balaam end up doing later? Balaam, though, since he can't curse God's people, you know what he did? He caused them to commit fornication. He got them to sin, knowing if I can get these people to sin, then God will punish them. And so what this prophet's trying to do, it's kind of twofold. They're trying to get them to do something that's against the law so they can have the king come after them. But two, they're trying to get them to sin against God because if they sin against God, then God's going to be upset with them. And you know what? I think if Nehemiah would have went in the temple, that would have upset God. He needed to trust God to protect him. Not a building. He needed to trust God. And so they are. They, the, um, this false prophet is basically using a Balaam tactic. And so thankfully, in this story, Israel didn't fall for it. And so look at verse 14, because we're going to see another example in the Bible of an imprecatory prayer. This was definitely an appropriate time to pray an imprecatory prayer. You've got people literally trying to cause Israel to sin. You've got them literally trying to stop the work of the Lord. And, he, and this isn't just people that they got upset with or they had some kind of falling out with. No, these are people trying to stop the work of the Lord. And he said, My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to their works. And on the prophetess, Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. And it's interesting, too, that uh, that phrase, you know, basically reward them according to their works. Paul prayed that about, I think it was Alexander the coppersmith. The Lord reward him according to his works. Hey, hey, if they did good, that's a good prayer. If you did bad, that's a negative prayer. These people were doing wrong. He mentions the prophetess. It looks like one of the people they had to hire, they had to get a woman preacher to uh, preach against them. You can always get the Joyce Myers to say whatever you want and people like that. And, but uh, it, it didn't matter. And he ends up praying a prayer against them. And it says, So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul and 50 and 2 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. And this just, I love this too, because 
for one, it shows how these wicked people, that even though they knew it was of God, they fought against it instead of trying to join in. And again, I'm telling you, the tactics these people use are identical to the militant atheists of our day. And at the end of the day, I'm telling you, atheists, okay? I do believe there are people who genuinely, in their hearts, believe there is no God. I, I believe those people are called fools, right? They're just extremely dumb people. Atheists, okay? People who, are, who identify themselves as those who do not believe in, in a God. I do not believe for two seconds that these people don't believe there is a God in their hearts. I don't believe it. Some of them are smart people. Some of them have good educations. Some of them have high IQs. Here's what I, I'm convinced of. I am convinced that they know there is a God and they hate Him. I'm convinced of that. You know why? Because they promote everything, too, that is anti-science. They promote foolishness like evolution. They promote things that are so disgusting and unhealthy like the LGBT lifestyle and all that kind of... They promote transgenderism. Folks, no sane person okay, is going to be for that. No person with any brain at all is going to say that a guy can be a girl. But yet, atheists, atheists, the people who are supposed to be about science, they are the biggest supporters of all that. You know why? Because they just hate God. They just hate God. They, that's, what, that's what it all comes down to. They know the truth. Okay? And, and they, they, are, they are the Romans 1 reprobates. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves the wise, they became fools. Okay? They became fools as a result of this. But again, these people, they know in their heart what's going on. They know in their heart that there is a God. And that's exactly what happened with these people. They knew that God was with them, but instead of them just believing in God, instead of them doing like the people did in Esther's day when they saw the work that God did and many of them became Jews, what do these people do? They just keep fighting it. They keep fighting it. Kind of like the Sodomites in Genesis when they get blinded, when they're going after Lot and they're going after the angels and they get blinded, you would think that would have stopped them right then. But nope, they just kept going. They kept going. That's what happens when you're given over to that reprobate mind. No matter how much proof, no matter how much evidence that, the, that we show these militant atheists that the Bible is true, that their way of life is disgusting... It's unscientific. It's you know just it's perverted. It's not going to matter. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep pushing. They're never going to stop. And and they're always going to try to distract. They're always going to try to discourage. They're always going to lie. They're always going to try to get public opinion. But you know what? We have to just keep doing. Keep working. Just keep working. Just keep on doing what God called us to do. And so it says. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah. And the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, And his son Johanan had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. And they also reported his good deeds before me, and uttered my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. 
So you do, you kind of have traitors going on. And, and we have that today where people who are supposed to be Christians, who should be on our side, often they do, they make alliances with the wicked. They make alliances with the evil. And a lot of times too, sometimes it's because they're scared of them. There's a lot of churches that will allow sodomites into, to come into their church. Okay. And, you know, and they compromise and, well, we won't let them join. But, you know, and, and, but at the same time too, why are you doing that? You know why? Because they fear. You know, they want to do what they can to separate those of us who aren't afraid to speak the truth about it. But they're just cowards like these people. They're trying to have a foot in both camps and just hoping that they won't get caught in some kind of crossfire. But they're just, uh, they're just cowards. Pretty much all there is to it. So what we just saw here in this story, it was an example of a smear campaign. It's the identical tactics of what we see today. If this story would have happened today, the way it would have, you know, the things people would have been saying, there's been all kinds of news reports and YouTube videos about these people. That's, that's what they would be, that's what they would be saying. You know, there, there was documentaries coming, talking about them. Did you know that that latest documentary I just found out, uh, the, against the IFB, anybody want to guess what religion the director is? Anybody want to guess? That is absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, and one of her, one of her documentaries was on trannies. Think of, isn't that interesting? I don't know, I'm sure she, I'm sure she didn't have any kind of agenda. I'm sure I'm sure there was no agenda there. Uh but at the same time, uh it's it's isn't it interesting? Uh you know how the just the coincidence. I I didn't even look into I I said I just I was watching a thing and mention her Jewish faith and I'm like I didn't even, I should have known. <laughs> it's like I should have known without you know, without it even being said, but anyway, things haven't changed and just remember the story of Balaam. You cannot curse God's people. Okay? They can't cur- they cannot curse us, but God's people we can be, we can fall under God's chastisement if they can get us to sin. That's what, we, that's what we need to understand. And so, we need to make sure we always, always fear God more than we fear man. Because the world, uh, anything they do, to, they can only do something to us if God allows it to happen. And anything God allows them to do to us, if we do the right thing, God will reward us for that. And so, we just always, always, always need to fear God more than man. And so, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for... Uh, your word and the things we can learn from it. We thank you for this story and the inspiration we can get. It is, uh, Lord, in some ways it's encouraging to see that nothing changes. And I just pray, uh, Lord, it motivates me to just know that uh, with our, our world doesn't change, but neither do you. And if we'll follow these principles of people who did things right, I believe we'll have the same results as well. So I pray it help us to be faithful. Help us to not be tempted to uh, giving in, compromising, and sinning. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.